This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. I'm Inquisitor Temperance Price, Keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and this is the third volume in a report on the Ballantine Heresy, an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40K's Dark Heresy RPG. This report features Game Master Tom McGee and players Ryan Laplante as Inquisitor Lucius Ballantyne, Tyler Hewitt as Atticus Viz, Laura Hamstra as Eli Sharp, and Del Borvik as Morgan Rawls. My report shows that the Inquisitorial Band remained in the Inquisitorial Fortress. Eli used his time in captivity to sleep off his hangover, Atticus tried his first pastry and loved it, and Morgan and Valentine exchanged truth for truth until the Inquisitor enlisted her in his band. But will Eli find himself welcomed with equal enthusiasm? And what horrible secrets will Morgan's future questions unveil? Find out next, in this episode of the Valentine Heresy. Passage from the Journal of Stuart, Heir, Lyriel Asher. Oh, Grandmama, Grandpapa, you would be simply horrified to discover what they've done to the gardening shed. When I think of old Stefan Tandri, our beloved gardener, just sitting there idling away the days, snoozing under his hat, oh, just truly a memory I'd cherish, but one that will never be repeated for our fear of the beloved gardening shed now now it is a place of horrors i'm just happy that stefan was dead centuries before he could have seen it happen but based on the stories that were passed down to me it sounds like he would have hated it it is important to note for historical context that lyriel asher never lived here as an heir Eli, you are having a good fucking sleep under that hat. You don't know if it's magic or if it's just this hard-ass bench, but you are having a good snooze uh, when it is interrupted. Um, Valentine and Atticus, you arrive at the gardening shed of dearly departed uh, gardener Stefan Tondry um, with with a meal for, for Eli. Uh, Valentine, what did you order for Eli? 
For Eli, it's all meat pies. It's all like hefty Irish brunch and dinner foods. Amazing. So hearty smelling food, you know, it's hot. It's it's um, savory. So there's all those kind of aromas. Um, but Eli, you're also passed out. You're not exactly just sleeping. So it's not like, you know, a cartoon where a character awakes to a nice smell and floats over to the door. Um yeah, Eli Eli doesn't know Stefan, and if he knew him, it wouldn't change what he does next, but he hears something. Something wakens him mm-hmm. out of his unconsciousness. And uh, <laughs> it's Valentine setting the room around yeah. <laughs> an unconscious Eli. He just like kind of jerks awake and then sits up suddenly, bends over, and vomits into the hat. And thus ends the historical legacy of Stefan Tandry, famed gardener of Harthold. Um, yeah, so you 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 vomit deeply into the hat. Uh, when the steward finds this, uh, the visions he has of the idyllic past uh, will be be further blasphemed against. Uh, he of course uh, goes, steward, steward. I need a, a garbage. Do you know what? You're here already. If you yes. could just hold this for me. And he just gives him the hat and puts it in the steward's hands. Um, and he <laughs> he just looks down at it. And like as he looks down, it's it, it's like his face melts. Like it's just a, a look of of you know, the, the one of the last sacred corners of again, the legends he would have been told, because this place has been in Inquisition hands for like a long time. You know, he's He's like an, you know, a European heir who like is like, oh, well, like, you know, my family did have a castle, could have a castle again. And it's like, no, no. Um, so he looks at this hat and he just says, uh, yes, of, of, of course, Inquisitor, I will dispose of this relic of a bygone age. And he just like, sweeps out of the room. Perfect. Uh, the emperor thanks you for serving your purpose. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Eli says, Oh, was that had a friend of his? <laughs> but it would appear so, but not a friend of mine. All right, so uh, Colonel Atticus, I believe you've already met Eli Sharp. Eli, what is your rank? My rank? Agent of the Inquisition. Has right, been you- for eight years. But we're going to go with Eli then. So nice to meet you, Eli. I brought I brought food. Please, please eat. People always think of the Inquisition as a torturous organization, but I know that negative emotions are a sin against the Emperor, so I'll have none of them. We're just going to keep things nice and brisk and light. You know, I've been an agent of the Inquisition. Like, I, 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 that's that's just not true. Well, what's not true? I'm fascinated by this. I don't know your approach. It's it's just wrong. Well, see, that's the interesting thing, which is the rest of the Inquisition is wrong. And he just like, <laughs> comes over and sits down. And he's like, see, the thing is, most people don't actually read the treaties written by psychers, which is an important part of understanding the whole circumstance. Clearly, you're an agent of the Inquisition. You'll either have clearance for this or you'll be executed anyways. So most people think of 
There are the dark gods who will remain unnamed in this room because we don't need to summon their attention. Uh, but all of them tend to come from an emotional state. There's a theory that they have been summoned as an echo of humanity in the warp, meaning any negative emotion that you or I or anyone has just enhances the strength of these beasts. But what happens with the positive emotions? What happens with control, with order, with righteousness, with strength, with bravery? Well, you may have noticed there are a whole myriad of monstrous entities out in the universe, and there is only one good, great, grand, fantastic old emperor, and that is our boy. All positive emotions feed the emperor, all negative emotions feed the rest. There is a great deal of ignorance in this galaxy, which we must all face down and shine a light upon, unless it's too dangerous and then we kill anyone who sees it. But this is a fundamental truth. Being chipper is serving the emperor, getting all sourpussed is a way of serving the enemy. Brian, uh, can you please roll me a willpower and discipline? Uh, difficulty four. One disadvantage because you have no idea what this is or why it's happening to you. And you're in the middle of something. Um, What's the difficulty again, Tom? Uh, four. Do you, okay. uh, and you gain a boost, I believe, for just like strength of will? Yeah, if it would be dazed or confusing or anything like that. Uh, I, I that's, remove it's setback the, from that. Okay, it's in that ballpark, so you can remove that, that setback. Great. One success, two threat. Okay. Which is incredibly unlikely based on that roll. The odds were not in my favor. <laughs> Um, so as you're as you 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 finish this this kind of like beautiful um, uh, thesis uh, on on kind of a treatise on on how to live uh, under the, the the guidance of the emperor, um, you blink, and uh, for a moment, um, you see uh, uh, someone you can assume uh, to be Sandor uh, in you know the plaid space marine. Livery, um, uh, planting um, a banner um, next to uh, where you previously saw um, Eli Sharp sitting. Uh, you see the again, like the the corpse of the emperor having been ripped off the chair, uh, and you see him just kind of jam a banner down. Um, and it's too fast to read anything because, unfortunately, by succeeding, you don't actually get much of this vision. <laughs> um, but uh, you. Just hear him yell, fair and equal. Um, and then immediately, like as you blink, you're you're just seeing Eli again. Uh, your vision kind of swims back back into focus, um, which is a fucking complicated thing through bionic eyes. Um, yeah. But it's clearly more your brain struggling with, with image. Uh, but then suddenly you're just back in the room staring at Eli. Um, and you you feel uh, full of... of uh, exaltation and and almost um, reverie, like you like you you just finished this like imp impassioned speech, um, and you feel slightly heightened version of all the emotions that you had uh, during that. Um, you don't necessarily need to reveal this to anyone in the room. Uh, this is just what has happened to you in the split second after you finished your speech and blinked. Tom, would Eli have noticed anything sort of odd or unexpected? shift in valentine you can roll for it if you want laura uh let's go with um 
I think it's probably just perception, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't no, that's fine. think there's much there, uh, unless you've got no. some psyker powers we don't know about. Uh, so Absolutely not. Right. Um, okay, well, yeah, I'd take perception. I'd also take vigilance. Um, um, <clears throat> actually, vigilance makes more sense. Yeah, because yeah. I feel okay, like it's more you're just always on, yeah. on the ready. Um, that said, I am going to set your difficulty at five because you are hungover. You've never met Valentine really in a sober state. Um, also, he has bionic fucking eyes, which yeah. makes all of this uh, like, it's not like his pupils dilate. And, you know, it's like, oh, no, something. It's a man with robot eyes blinked. Yeah. Um, okay, okay. I will roll. Yeah. Um, and uh, Ryan, you said you had two threat? Yes. So let's add those as boost to your roll, Laura. Sweet. Um Okay, rolling. One success, one threat. Okay. Um, so yeah, you notice something happens. You're not sure what it is, but I think Eli... Oh. Eli lifts ahead. his finger and says, hey, mm. what was that there? Oh, that was a vision from the Emperor. Highly valuable, very important. So- Visions. Visions. Yes. Visions. Now, Eli, you I saw I got you- some psyker shit going on? No, that would be ridiculous. Why would I have to read the treaties if I understood the warp? Well, psychers get visions. Who else yes. gets visions? Saints. Oh, you're a saint now. Saint Valentine? Is that what I'm calling you now? Oh, see, I was really hoping we could avoid having to be hostile in this conversation. It's interesting because I assumed the conversation with Morgan would go like this, and the conversation with you would go like my conversation with Morgan. You've been abandoned by the Navy and the Inquisition. What use are you? What use am I? You're the one who frickin' pulled me out. You tell me. Do you know what? I've I've come to enjoy a certain amount of truth in my life, and I feel like it it helps stabilize these relationships. You're useful to me for reasons you may not understand, which means I can put you in a box and just allow Morgan to walk around and be highly useful, or we can have a conversation where we establish that you give a damn about the Emperor, the Imperium, and the Inquisition. Do not doubt for a minute that I don't give a damn about the Emperor. Then do not doubt me, he says, getting up and pounding a fist on the table. It's a great day. It's a great day. I'm not feeling negative emotions. Oh, oh, son. All right. Valentine, take two strain, please. Um, this uh, sudden outburst, you are, you are more exhausted than you'd expected, uh, expect to be from this, this sudden outburst, um, of, of unpleasantness because damn it, it is a good day. Uh, Atticus, how are, how are you reacting during all this? Uh, this, this has taken a turn. And I think given that you probably didn't notice any shift in, in Valentine, it's kind of gone from zero to a hundred. What, uh, what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, Atticus was eating delicious meat pies. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, as only now just kind of paused at this outburst with just like, you know, pastry and kind of meat gristle grease kind of just all around his mouth and lips. Uh, he swallows hard and he says, uh, So would you like me to uh, rip his arms off? Rip my arms off? Are you kidding me? We just got to some truth here. Now at least I know you're human, not Saint just Valentine. <laughs> give me the word, sir. 
I'm still considering it, Atticus. Uh, as I've said, though, torture tends to walk down dark paths. I, I'd rather prefer just removing the head. Um, Eli, what? Why? Why does anyone bring you anywhere? Why does Morgan Rawls like you? I can't understand what purpose you serve other than problematic self-righteousness, which is admittedly a charming trait in some. Well, I spent, I suppose, 45 years of my life on an Imperial Cobra-class destroyer. Most of that is master of arms leading boarding parties, fighting heretics and xenos and abominations, and I was damn good at it. That's why I'm kept around. Yeah, why don't you do that anymore? Because I got left here. See, you're leaving out this middle bit that I'm learning is the most important part of stories. They call it Act Two, often the Road of Trials. What were your trials, my friend? <laughs> I thought you knew I was Navy. You knew I was Navy before I got here. I figure you know. You know everything about me. You know how I got here. You know why Canehurst picked me up. Yeah, uh, one thing that would be really healthy, like healthy and good for your long-term lifespan is if you stopped assuming things and started answering questions. Jeez. <sighs> well, I mean, it's not a secret. It's friggin' record, and everyone knows. You might as well know, too. Have you ever had to sacrifice people, you know, you've worked with? People under your command? People above your command? In the name of the Inquisition? I mean, yeah. <laughs> How many, you figure? Did you do 15,000 in one go? Technically, no, because I was an interrogator, but we did lose a battleship into a hive city. So if we assume that I was a quarter responsible for that, then a lot more than 15,000. Well, I was directly responsible for venting 15,000 people aboard the ship that I served, all at the order of Canehurst. You know why? Because the damn Tyranids! The Tyranids! Atticus, what's your response to Tyranids? Do you know about Tyranids? Um, does Atticus know about Tyranids? Tyler doesn't fucking know about Tyranids. <laughs> I would say no, he probably okay. doesn't. No, I don't think right. so. Yeah, they. I, I've, I've always imagined the, the Tyranids fitting, again, in terms of like how as a player or like someone who, who enjoys the hobby, like you walk into yeah. a game's workshop, it's just like, fucking Tyranids, Necrons, this, that. Yeah. Okay. Whereas I feel like in-universe, it's much more... Like it's compartmentalized um, a bit more. Well, yeah, it's 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 like the the uh, xenomorphs you know in Alien, tyranids, where it's like you're you shouldn't know. Tyranids. Yeah, oh, exactly. Okay. Either you're like you're directly fighting them, or it's like, oh, we're just going to quietly send a bunch of Marines into space to deal with this because we don't want anyone to know that there's all right, so blade armed nightmares lurking in space. I'm learning a lot today. Finding out about Tyranids, discovered croissants, a lot. <laughs> well, so you've just heard the word Tyranids, and you know that Eli is reacting very heavily to this. Would Atticus? Like, chime in for clarification, or are you just going to let this play? He considers Valentine to be a master of his craft, and so he assumes this is all part of the delicate dance of interrogation. Uh, he got someone who was kind of um, redirecting questions initially 
to now just start shouting things. So it's must be working. He must be doing something right. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, Atticus, I can see the confusion on your face. Uh, Tyranids are a highly rapacious, uh, genetic absorption, hive mind Xenos. Tremendously dangerous, collapsing one of the fronts of the Imperium. Uh, But not this one. So someone else's problem, we're here for the heretics. We have to keep the Emperor alive so everyone else can beat the Tyranids. Uh, why? How? I I would just say. Okay, here's not yeah yeah exactly. Thank you. Here's I'll tell you what happened. Dust, the Dustitia, my ship. We were called in to help this Canehurst rid some station on some planet of these disgusting Xenos. I didn't know what that. I'd never heard of the goddamn Terranids before. But guess what? Guess what? They get into you. They get into you and you don't even know it. They change people and they change them slowly. They get into their DNA and that's what happened to our captain before we left. And Kanehurst knew it. He knew it. He didn't know how far it had spread. All we knew was that I hadn't been back on that ship. I'd been celebrating with Kanehurst for my part. And I had to go back to that ship and vent all 15,000 people on board into the void. Yeah, the Navy didn't like it. So there we go. (laughs) All right, so... After the mass murder in the name of the Inquisition, and then theoretically being saved by... I mean, murder, purge of the gene-stealing tyranids. Whatever you want to call it. I mean, it can be both at the same time. It's one of the joys of, you know, low gothic. I don't Um, know. Can you murder Xenos? I don't think you can. I think you exterminate them. a, A realm of your expertise. Have you ever murdered Xenos? Uh, orcs are Xenos, right? Yes, they are. Oh, yes. Then, uh, yeah. I didn't, uh, catch everything with the explanation of what Tyranids are. I did catch Xenos are dangerous, and let me tell you, you can kill dangerous Xenos. Yes, I, Atticus's body count in combat against Xenos might actually match yours, Eli. You two could get along famously. Now, what did, what use did Kanehurst have for you after saving you, or did he put you out to pasture with a little bar as just a pat on the back, as it were? Well, I mean, he rescued me from execution by the Navy. So leaning towards the pat on the back thing, if there's not a specific I mean, I served with him for three years before he left me on this planet. I worked for him. Excellent. Freaking useless. I still have skills. I still have... I still have my training. So do you want to serve? Serve what? The Emperor. Of course I do. Wonderful. Well, I'm speaking as his voice right now, and I can tell you we're on a quest to stop a cabal of at least eight heretics, including a space marine, one of the A.L. Dari, and a heretic psyker from yanking him off the throne and plunging the Imperium into an unending age of darkness. Wait. No. No Astronomicon. 
You're correct. It would be the end no. of the Navy. No Navy. No. Every, you, uh, okay, everyone we are talking at the same time. The pauses are exactly the same length between you and I. This is tremendously frustrating. I'm going to let you go and then give me a sign when you're done. Sign when I'm done? <laughs> what? Why are you wasting time with questions? We should be out there. Well, because I want to save the Emperor, not bring another Inquisitor's theoretically mentally unstable and dangerous assistance onto a ship where they could shoot me, abandon Look, the mission, or run away. you say unstable. I asked to sleep it off. You gave me, what, 30 minutes? No, I had you arrested. This was not a conversation. Yeah, well, you were under arrest and you yelled things at you your guard. See how was- stable I am once you slept this off a bit more. It's your fault. I'm coming with you. These are bold assumptions on your part. You may come with us. I am confiscating your weapons and you will have to earn them. Ah, uh, you'll see. So will you. As we save the Emperor from our enemies. And then he says, gives you a salute, clicks his heels and walks out. And then when the door closes the attic, he's like, and possibly from Eli. <laughs> Hello and well met. This is Sister Olian Mina. I am recording this communique to humbly ask for your assistance. You need only to go to patreon.com slash dumdumdice for monthly tithes of nearly $5, which I am told is an old Terran currency. You'll receive, besides of course, the blessings of the Emperor, which are priceless. You can also get exclusive weekly video communications, keeping you up to date on the inner workings of those behind the scenes who help keep the Inquisition's engines running, so to speak. Join us now at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That is spelled D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. Ave Imperator, and may you always walk in the light of the Emperor. Having a... Uh somewhat reluctantly recruited Eli Sharp. Um, you make your way uh, kind of back to your command uh, trailer, um, which again is just kind of on the edge of the gardens. Um, as you know, uh, Traseus was doing, uh, was, was looking into things for you as you were, uh, continues to look into things for you um, as, uh, as you've been working. Um, and uh, as you, you approach, he's actually um, excitedly uh, standing outside um uh, and uh, he's actually working a, a, a small uh, puzzle cube. So think like a Rubik's cube, but a grim dark version. So it's made of like heavy metal and is is kind of sad looking and kind of screeches when you twist it. Um, but it's clear he's trying to get some latent energy out. Um, and then as soon as he sees you, uh, he kind of like rolls down his arm into his into his satchel. Um, and uh, he says, ah, Inquisitor, uh, Colonel, it is excellent to see you. I have fantastic news for you. Uh, I trust your uh, your interrogations. Is event well? Is event bad? Uh, do we need clean up crew uh, on aisle? You know, uh, people you brought. Uh, what? Uh, how? What? Uh, oh, no, the, everything actually went rather swimmingly, or at least as well as one could hope. Uh, I do need to get that 
Metallic Hawk released, uh, and I also need to order all alcohol removed from our ship. Uh, you know, uh, we've been keeping an eye on... Uh, Eli on the... shudders somewhere. <laughs> Doesn't know why. Uh, I suspect uh, I might have to argue with your pilot a little bit, but uh, I'm sure we can make that happen. Uh, seems a shame from the reports. It was a beautifully well-stocked bar. Uh, heavy, heavy index on the Vicodin, which... Uh, it implies a low taste, uh, you know, uh, the, the new crown, uh, reeks of new crown. Yeah, you know, if you don't enjoy uh, Amar Sec, you drink this new Sville, it is disappointing. So it, it's good. It's, honestly, it's, it, it, it is for the best. We take it out, uh, pour it down the gutter. Wonderful. Yes, you should also make note for the Inquisition bars and any other bar on this planet that Vicodin is actually made of orc refuse. So I would highly suggest destroying all stores of it. Honestly, having tasted it, uh, this is not a surprise, uh, and I would like nothing more than to uh, purge uh, this terrible, low-class rubbing alcohol from the planet. A very, very easy request done very uh, pleasantly. Also, um, you know, it is uh, wise to keep the blasphemy out of the glasses of, of the faithful. So, uh, yes, we will do. Uh, Inquisitor, uh, I'm, I'm glad to hear your uh, interrogations went well. Um We've had a, uh, a small breakthrough, uh, I'm pleased to announce, uh, in terms of how we can uh, ascertain uh, the, uh, the information, if they are willing, if you have uh, come to an agreement with, uh, with either of uh, the prisoners, uh, we may have a means of extracting uh, any, uh, shall we say, uh, deeply imprinted uh, uh, instructions or knowledge or uh, waypoints uh, from their minds, uh, if they are willing and on side now. Are they on side now, or are we looking more at an auto seance? Talk to the ghosts. Yes, no, they are. They have both agreed uh, to serve alongside us. If it is a high risk procedure, I suggest we perform it on Eli Sharp first. Ah, so the one with the strongest mind, the most intact uh, understanding of their surroundings, uh, the one with the best picture of the galaxy in their head. Yes, uh, the one that is the most. Uh, uh, what's the term? Uh, Expendable, sir. Thank you. Thank you, Atticus. I appreciate it. The one who's the most expendable. If we're uh, going to break a mind, I'd rather preserve the better one. Excellent. Well, uh, the good news is uh, uh, the Mechanicus uh, Magi uh, Kotov uh, has done this procedure many times. Uh, the, uh, the imprinting uh, that, uh, that he invented is, uh, is not entirely uh, above board, but uh, he has done it a lot. So at least uh, practice makes perfect, you know? So 10,000 hours of, uh, of, of practice to become an expert. Uh, so I am hoping it is not fatal, but uh, as you say, we'll say we keep the Amar sec and, uh, you know, if we have to break a bottle of Vicodin, uh, no tears shed. If you flip through the Empress Tarot enough times, the death card does come up. So it not, does not mean you give up on the tarot. It just oh. means you accept. Sometimes the Empress sends you a gift that may be disguised as a punishment. <laughs> These are wise words to live by. I can see why you are the Inquisitor. And I see why you, and he points to Atticus, says, and why you follow him uh, with your big arm. Yeah, I'm, I'm learning a lot today. Ah, did you enjoy the danishes? I noticed you have uh, traces of them in the pot pie in your uh, magnificent moustache. Oh, is that a, a Danish? 
Ah, yes, it is uh, called the Danish. It is not, uh, the name is not related to any specific geographical place, but sometimes the words, they slip through into low Gothic, you know? Yeah, I like the Danish. Hmm. Uh, well, good. Well, it seems as though you have some save for later. This is a, a good way to good way to be. Um, and then he he kind of like catches himself. He says, "But, but I I, I forget myself. Uh, is the Lord Inquisitor Sabriel Graves is uh, standing by uh, to introduce you uh, to to your uh, Mechanicus Magi uh, Inquisitor? If you will follow me." Excellent. Yes, yes. Uh, could Morgan Rawls join us for this? I believe Eli Sharp is uh, indisposed. One might say. Uh, y- yes, I mean, the procedure will be with uh, with this Mechanicus soon, uh, so we will bring Eli when we are ready for the Expendable, uh, but for now, we keep the Spendable. Uh, is that the opposite? I do not know. We, we bring Morgan, uh, and you, you said the bird. This will be good news. The bird has been bouncing around. We do not know why. Yes, oh, yes. and uh, sorry, Inquisitor, one uh, final question for you. Uh, the Eli Sharp, uh, the expendable one, uh, do they require any medical attention? Shall we send the good doctor uh, Thunderhorn to uh, to look in on them? We use a, uh, a beast man doctor to throw all the prisoners off. They are like, why is this creature here? And then the creature is like, I love the emperor because he really loves, like I love the emperor, you will love the emperor. He really loves the emperor uh, in the way only a mutant can. So, uh, Shall we send the Thunderhorn? Uh, he's a, honestly not a bad doctor. Uh, if you need one on the ship, he might be a good one to have. He's very hearty, hard to kill, evidently. Excellent. Yes, yes, I would be happy to have him uh, assigned to our vessel. And I would like him to treat Eli, who claims to be exhausted and hungover. So I believe we could set up an IV drip to rehydrate uh, the old Navy man. Uh, and if we could also send an armed guard to make sure that Eli Sharp cannot hurt and or kill the good doctor, that would be excellent. This uh, sounds like a good plan. Uh, and we will release the bird, which is good, because it has been bumping around something awful. Um, so they open the box. Uh, Toby flies free. Ka-ka! Um, which isn't the noise that a 40k robot would make, but it's the one that happens in my head when a bird goes free. Um, Del, I have a random question because you've pre- you've programmed yeah. Toby, right? So, yep. what is Toby's war cry? Because it could theoretically be any sound. <laughs> it is true. I, I think I just have always imagined the classic canned eagle, the the scream, but like it, it, like the exact the, the sound clip that just plays the same way every time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like what you'd find in like a, a slightly run down parks and recreation. Oh. Like welcome to the park. Here's the stuffed yep. eagle. Like I just, just imagining yeah. like a little bit of like a crackle. Fuzz, oh, hundred like percent. Beginning oh, yes. and the end. I'm oh, just beautiful. picturing the Colbert rapport intro when they had that eagle. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but like that shot through like an old trolley speaker. Great. Okay. Good. Well, I mean, it it is better than my. <laughs> so we can keep it. Um, <laughs> great. Uh, so uh, it is that was a free the bird. door opening. <laughs> you know, I do not know why we put the double hinge. It seems like an unnecessary step. You just put one hinge. One. Uh, it's fine. Um, so uh, uh, together, uh, you you meet up with Morgan and uh, the uh, the three of you uh, make your way back towards um, the sort of again central garden uh, area. Um, that said, Morgan, uh, Eli is not with them. Uh, would you comment on this, or are you in survival mode? I think she's she's gonna feel it out for right now, but 
she would have also tried to find her gun clip and put that back. I don't know if she's got have her gun weapons back or anything like that, too. That's up to Valentine, but you do yeah, find the you, clip. You'd have gotten all your gear. He's given you your hawk back. You're cleared. Cool. Like, you're on board. All right. So she's going to play nice for now. This is like, it is a little uncomfortable where Eli is, but that's like, mm, I'm not going to push it right now because things are going decently. So she's just going to follow on by. And, Great. and when he's not flying, Toby can like sit on her shoulder. <laughs> so she's walking around <laughs> giant metal bird. How, how big is Toby? Just for me to picture a bird on his shoulder. Cause I, that, then I go from like huge mechanical Eagle to pirate parrot. So like, what's the, <laughs> what's the rate on it's, Toby? It's, it's in between because even the description of the bird says it can fit on a belt. Like you can wrap it and stick it on your belt. Like it's legs. But I'm imagining it's like a couple feet tall, but it's not a person-sized bird. Okay, it's so not not an emperor penguin, but like a regular penguin, I'm like a smaller, a, yeah, around like a puffin, because it's like not than a puffin. <laughs> so it's, it's just like that... one foot on each shoulder, resting body on your head, like a giant <laughs> bird hat. If it's that big, or how does it do the shoulder rest? No, I think it's it's just it's just got really grippy claws, and they they you know have, are extending. So I think it can just fit <laughs> because that's the thing is it's not it's not able to pick up people because it's so big. It's just because it has a giant motor in it. It's just able to lift a lot. Okay. Nice. So, See, that's the distinction for me. I thought it could size. only pick someone up because it was like a G.I. You know, Joe action figure backpack size mm -mm. thing. It's silhouette zero. So it's the size of like a cat. Or a dog, oh, like that's okay. what. Okay. But it's just able to pick up silhouette zero and one thing, which is very hearty. Okay, so all right. So it has like long legs on one shoulder, and its turbine is just holding its weight <laughs> above you. Pretty much amazing. It's just floating there. Yeah, he's hanging Great. out. <laughs> gonna mess your hair up. <laughs> Constantly have make to... sure it doesn't get yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like sucked up in there. Yeah. <laughs> Um, amazing. So, um, you're, uh, you're kind of brought into, into the central space and, um, uh, Graves actually like kind of nods, nods to the three of you. Doesn't like just nods at Morgan as though she's always been a member of the party <laughs> in a very much like, this is just kind of how inquisitor bands go. Like one day you're the enemy, one day you're the friend. Like it's, it's like the fucking X-Men. It's like, is Magneto like, is he on our team today? Or are we fighting him? Is he... <laughs> Uh, uh, is he dead today? Who knows? We'll find out when we get there. Um, so just nods to all three of you, and um, uh, he says, oh, good, Inquisitor. Uh, I see you've, uh, Vanikoff has brought you finally. Uh, I trust your interrogations went well. Yes, yes, as swimmingly as one could hope. Thank you. Thank you for loaning us your facilities and all of the assistance you've given my cause. The pleasure and service is, of course, all... Mine in the name of the emperor. I fucked this up. Honestly, that's a sorry. That's a term I learned from some uh, some hivers uh, on the lower levels. It's apparently oh me a, a too. It's country. a catchy word, eh? Confusing about its meaning. It seems to mean mating, disliking something. Sometimes it's an adverb. Very confusing word. Honestly, if I had the time, I would love to study how the hivers come up with such terminology. But that will have to be. Uh, Fall to someone else with uh, less important duties than you or I. Now, Inquisitor, I have a member I would like to propose for your retinue. Uh, he will likely be of great use to you, but he is, uh, well, not only is he somewhat odd, he is also a bit of a threat. Um, 
but one that you've already encountered in some way, shape, or form. Uh, please, follow me. Um, and it begins to lead you kind of out of the gardens, um, down uh, some stairs. It's almost like a labyrinth built kind of into one of the corners, like a small uh, little, think like the Pan's Labyrinth, um, like giant stone well situation, where it's like a curling stair down to kind of like, you know, a, a carved um, labyrinth on the ground. Um so kind of like big, beautiful stone walls, but low. And of course, for Inquisition purposes, like not quite the dungeon, but gardens don't really come with dungeons. Uh, there's a separate dungeon for that. So um, brings you down. Um, and as all of you uh, come down, there is a um, sort of a, a large uh, computer console uh, system set up, a um, bunch of screens, a um, bunch of different systems. Uh, and you can hear the clink of a chain. Uh, and as you come down, uh, there is a um, a figure, uh, the, the aforementioned Mechanicus Magi, moving around, um, uh, and you can tell that he's like chained to a post in the center of the room. Um, but it's a it's a pretty thin chain, um, and it gives him a lot of room of, of of movement. And you can see he's got like a bed, he's got a desk, and obviously he's got this computer set up. So he's continuing to do work and monitor things. But as is often the way, uh, he's clearly been put to work for inquisitorial purposes, uh, despite being a threat of some sort. Um, uh, he's kind of got um, sort of like vaguely curly, shaggy hair. Um, he's wearing a, um, like a, a what would have at some point been a very fashionable leather jacket, um, kind of casual, um, almost a bomber cut. So a little bit different than kind of the long sweeping capes or kind of like coattailed things you'd normally see in, in Imperial society. Um, and uh, yeah, he's kind of muttering to himself. Um, his hands are always in motion, uh, you can see. Uh, and he's got um, uh, black goggles uh, that occasionally kind of like one of them will spring out and he'll just like click it back in um, at a speed and a, a kind of casualness that denotes that this happens to him all the time. It's just gotten to a point where he doesn't even notice anymore, but it's clearly kind of like an odd augmentation that's gone kind of wrong or it might just be really old. Um, and he's, uh, he's looking at a, a number of, of different machines, um, as, uh, as you're, you're kind of brought down and, uh, Graves says, uh, Inquisitor Valentine, I would like to introduce you to Gideon Kotov. He's of, uh, the crucible, uh, resolviate, um, the, and like he grits his teeth ever so slightly and says the, um, and suddenly Gideon chimes in without turning around. He says, the, uh, well, the, um, the, the, uh, the Xeno, uh, machine spirits, <laughs> you know, um, and he turns and he like clicks a goggle back in. He says, hi, hi, nice to meet you. Hi, hi, hello, hello. And he just kind of like points to all three of you, gives you a little wave. And he says, uh, uh, a lot of people get a little too, um, you know, they just get, uh, a little too fixated on, uh, you know, the, uh, well, the, the big, you know, the big one, the big. Machine God, right? Uh, the Xenos, uh, they, they've uh, they've got their own things. Uh, you know, they've got their own ways. And they've got their own machines. So why wouldn't we, you know, consider those? And again, like Graves just like clenching and unclenching his jaw almost imperceptibly. I think like Valentine and Morgan, you definitely noticed this. Atticus, I don't know that you, you'd be on the lookout for that. This um, guy's blaspheming right in front of my face, right? Uh, like at distance, like you're still coming down the stairs. Okay. So you yeah, just kind of no, like so looking I up. I just see him and I also see red. That's what I, <laughs> Atticus sees. <laughs> Valentine, you'd probably know that this would rub 
Atticus the wrong way, um, but also probably you have some reaction to it. Um, what do what do you do? Uh, Valentine is always intensely curious in these scenarios. I mean, what do you know about the Eldari? Oh yeah, the uh, the Eldar, as I like to call them. Yeah, they're uh, interesting, uh, interesting folks. Uh, you know, uh, long lived, which is uh, of of uh, some. You know, when they don't uh, accidentally get themselves killed by you know summoning things they shouldn't have with their uh, their weird space orgies, which admittedly do sound kind of fun, but also you know don't love the the after effects of you know the, the demonology uh, and that sort of thing. Um, interesting people, uh, interesting weapons, a little low tech. The uh, the, the shuriken catapults. Uh, I've never understood why you would want to you know flick things at as I understand they're deadly, but you know give me a good uh, good bolter any day. But uh, interesting stuff. I, I got to tell you though, my uh, my real area of specialty is um, is the uh, the tin boys. Uh, you know the Necrons. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, and he kind of like looks to Morgan and Atticus and he's like, uh, uh, sorry, maybe I shouldn't. Can I, do you have clearance? Do I tell, can we tell, can we talk? We, we can talk, right? We they can talk have the same this. clearance that I do. You can say anything to them you'd say to me. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, oh, Atticus, don't, don't kill this one, please. Uh, Atticus, where are you on the stairs? <laughs> uh, he, uh, he hasn't moved, but he was basically just waiting for the word go from Valentine. And now he's got the word stop. So he's, he's, he'll stay put, but he is uh, confused and scared and angry. <laughs> um, entirely fair. These are all uh, reasonable uh, reactions. I think for, for someone of, of Atticus's um, station to be having also between this and the beast man that you've, I think just heard, Oh, uh, you know, you, you saw him like, there's just like back to back heresies, just fucking hanging out out here, which is not again, kind of what you imagined from the, you know, there's kind of like an order that is explained to everyone in the Imperium who isn't at this level. It's just like, no, 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 of course we kill all of them. No, no, no. There's very black black and white. white. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then is it though, is it bone white and <laughs> chaos black? Maybe not. Um, so um, you stop on the stairs. You don't charge down and pulp this guy, which is probably for the best. Um, and uh, he uh, he says, right. So uh, you know the, uh, the the Necrons, the, the, the you know the robot. Well, I mean, they kind of have um, kind of like that that uh, the beautiful bird there, but evil uh, <laughs> in a in a bad way, and like clicks a goggle back in. I says uh, the, their uh, their tomb ships uh, have always been of, of great interest to me. You know they can uh, travel great distances uh, without losing anyone because you know they're robots. But also the stasis is is interesting. It's actually uh, well, uh, uh, Lord Graves uh, tells me that you're already familiar with my work. Uh, the uh, the tomb ships uh, that uh, the dearly departed colleague of mine, uh, Billingberg, employed. Uh, those were all me. Uh, Interesting. I've made use of one of those to do the Emperor's work, despite its original uh, heretical intent. Lord Inquisitor Graves, what use do you intend uh, this particular heretic to have to my court? Uh, and again, Graves, like, there's a look of apology in his eyes uh, as he turns to you and he just says, um, as much as my gut and sword hand would like to make short work of Kotov, his understanding of heretical Xenos machinery has been quite frankly unparalleled in in my experience. The tomb ships 
of Billingberg are of great concern. They are why we uh, sent assassins out. And again, you have my eternal apologies that you got caught in that particular crossfire. That said, he has created these heretical things. He knows ways to unlock the mind, ways to unlock machines that none others do. Based on the kind of mission you're on and the lack of support you'll have, someone of his versatility and flexibility, not to mention expendability, might be of some use to you and some value. In the immediate sense, um, he turns and he says, uh, Kotov, tell them what you told me. Um, and Kotov nods, he says, yeah, yeah, so um, I hear you're, uh, uh, you probably, and he points at Morgan, says, uh, we're trying to get, get something from, from uh, out of your noggin, right? Right. So here's the thing. Morgan looks at Valentine with that. <laughs> We're starting with Eli. Uh, continue. Uh, he'll just say to Kotov. Right. So a lot of my work uh, involved um, uh, creating templates, uh, creating uh, ways uh, to make people uh, a little bit more useful uh, to to Billingberg, to the, to the Inquisition. Uh, although I guess it turns out maybe he's not Inquisition. Again, I'm sorry. Like <laughs> low rung on 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 the uh, the ladder here. Um, Take for example uh, the, uh, the the case of um, of uh, Brutus Abagnale. Uh, you know uh, his his family uh, they ran into some trouble. So you know they 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 were looking for ways to um, you know make amends. So uh, I I took uh, one of their their uh, their favorite sons, uh, uh, Commodus, and I just uh, well I mean it, it wasn't a pretty process, but I was able to get literally inside his brain and kind of just take out you know all all that that soup of memories and. Uh, personality and then just imprint it onto uh well i mean you saw right so i found a way to imprint uh different personalities onto uh, uh blank templates uh onto to people heretics prisoners uh honestly pretty much anyone uh and in doing so uh byproduct learned how to uh find some of those buried memories because you know if you're gonna overwrite someone's entire personality so they think they're some fucking hero guy uh, you learn how to do it without necessarily having to dissect a favorite son every time, you know? So all that to say, and he points to the machine behind him, you bring me a willing participant and uh, I'll get you what you need. Excellent. Uh, we'll summon Eli Sharp the moment the doctor is done with him. Morgan, your first mission is to convince Eli Sharp to get into that machine and allow us to dig out the memories that we need. Morgan just smirks. <laughs> I I will see what I can do, Inquisitor. Excellent. Excellent, excellent. I will take the madman. This sounds fantastic if today's test goes well. And the work we are doing here will save the Emperor. Its success is our greatest priority. So let's do this. Atticus, do you have any questions or concerns? Let's talk over on the side. I don't think everyone needs to hear them. Uh, yeah. Atticus will join you. Uh, load of concerns. One question. Uh, are we really doing this, sir? Mixing with their ink, heretics and all. I've seen just heresy after heresy, blasphemy after blasphemy here. This is not what I was taught uh, the Imperium was like. That's true. And the Imperium at large is not like this. Because the Imperium at large are not being spoken to by the Emperor, but I know our path is true. 
you and I stand in the light. Those heretics stand in the shadows. And sometimes the light, those of righteousness, we have to hold on to the armor of our contempt and step into the darkness to haul forth those who must face punishment. These are lesser heretics. These are mutants. These are blasphemies of a small scale. I'm sure you've cursed. I'm sure you may have taken the emperor's name in vain. You may have done these small things. But you are not a heretic. Their crimes are worse. And we hunt Sandor Rafferty. And you may, you may think, is this the right path? But while I spoke with Eli Sharp today, I had a vision. I had a vision of Sandor Rafferty standing in the Emperor's throne room over the corpse of the Emperor, raising a banner, decrying the most insane code I've ever heard of in the history of the Imperium. Fair and equal, as though all are equal. Clearly, insanity that must be shut down. Atticus spits. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. This is why the Emperor sent you to me. Because you are pure of heart. And so am I. And we will stand in the darkness together and make sure that we remain in the light. Can you do this with me? With you, sir. Yes. Alone, without you, sir. Uh, I don't think so. So, uh, with your guidance, at your command, sir, I will, uh, I will do this. Excellent. If something happens to me, I need you Kill to carry on this quest. Oh, well, all right. Not not like today. It's very safe here. But I just mean in future down the line, if something happens, I need you to carry out this mission. Right, right. The only person I can trust to do that in this band is you. Which means, Atticus Viss, if I die, you have to assume the mantle of Lucius Valentine. Oh, you, you what? If I die, you take my rosette and you become Lucius Valentine and you save the emperor if you must. Atticus thinks back to Lucius Valentine, footage of him floating in space and being a corpse. And he just asks, are you... Are you not the first Lucius Valentine, sir? Yes, yes, I am. I meant this metaphorically, and I'm afraid you're taking it tremendously literally. It just, oh, yes, I am, sir. Yeah, no, <laughs> if, if something bad happens, impersonate me and save the Emperor. Until we find a better replacement, Morgan shows potential. So let's keep an eye on Morgan, and if Morgan turns out to be as everything we can hope, then it'll be her problem. Oh, good. Oh, well, let's hope for that, then. Okay, then let's just keep me alive until we can determine if Morgan can handle this. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Do you have any other doubts or concerns? Uh, it's, uh, that, that man, if you can even call him a man, he said a lot just now that I, I don't know, I don't have anything else to say right now, but I don't even know what I'm hearing from him, sir. It's, it, it, it makes no sense doing what he's doing. Yes, he is a tremendously dangerous man. And we're inviting him onto our ship, into our Inquisition. Yes, 
our pro... Well, admittedly, he's not a part of our band. He is a servant who will be kept in quarters as such. The challenge is uh, the ship was almost destroyed. We had a crew of three, uh, and then I shot one of them. No, no, I stabbed one of them. See, this it all blends together. I stabbed one with a chainsaw, so we're actually short help. You remember the first time I, I, I crashed onto... Uh, the planet Vicodin and that whole adventure was because uh, we did not have a doctor and we did not have a good mechanicus. This one seems to know what he was doing. My last one, blasphemer, heretic, creepy obsessions. We're, uh, well, we're with all keep this due one respect, shape. sir. And he just gestures over to the other guys like, blasphemer, heretic, unscrupulous obsessions, sir. You're not wrong. Which is smart. A, you're showing incredible Lucius potential right now, which I I am incredibly proud of you for. Um, He's just beaming at that. (laughs) He's fine now. You told him you're proud of him. (laughs) When we return to the ship, in your off hours, I charge you to observe this Mechanicus heretic. Bring evidence of any dangerous activities that he's taking place in. You can suborn Morgan or anyone else you wish to assist you with his quest. And when you can demonstrate that he is a threat to us and our mission directly, I will execute him. Or I will allow you the honor of executing him. Yes, sir. It will be done. Excellent. And... Lucius is very proud as he walks Atticus back because Atticus does not know this, but Atticus has just taken the first step towards interrogator training. So if he can keep his shit together, it's his first inquisitorial investigation. (laughs) Can Lucius Valentine shape this violent potato man into (laughs) a possible future inquisitor? And the answer is maybe. This episode of The Valentine Heresy features Ryan LaPlante at TheRyanLaPlante on Twitter as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter as Atticus Viz, Laura Hamstra at E.L. Hamstring on Twitter as Eli Sharp, Del Borovic at Del Tastic on Twitter as Morgan Rawls, and our Game Master Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and The Valentine Heresy's artwork was created by Del Borovic at DelBorovic.com. D-E-L-B-O-R-O-V-I-C. Our theme song is The Hordes by Megan McDuffie, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chief Spy Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice, and most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Ave Imperator, and death to all the heretics. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. The Half-Blind Prophet. Christopher Little. Sue One. George Dolby. Richard Cranium. Sammy Boy, Orion Birchfield, Scott Garland, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, 
Acrix, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Austin Not Powers Fry, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Roman Brown, Shulzari, Christian Mendez, Spot Allen, Flynn1138, Alorain Okapi, OMG It's Big Nick, Steve Weez, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. love actual plays D&D, Hades, or Greek mythology and improv, be sure to check out Rogue Runners Volume 1 in the Blood to follow the adventures of Alexander the Great, King of Macedon, and Drunk Paladin. Oh, sorry. I guess now I'm Alexander the Grump. Rolf, part-time sorcerer, full-time boomer. Is it a sex thing? It was a sex thing! Arete, stealthy rogue and even thirstier mobster. Mm, have you bathed and brought to my tent? And Annie, legendary bard and chocolate milk fanatic. Together, these four wretched shades will battle their way out of hell for another chance at life, with a little help and hindrance from gods and monsters alike. Word of advice when you're opening up these things, you're supposed to say, Olympus, I accept this message, in some really serious voice. Take your place among the living again. Your tactics are adept, if too elegant for my tastes. My dear, saying no is never a crime. (laughs) You hit like a Philistine. You're not getting out of here alive, wretches. A pinky promise? A double pinky promise. When you die, you'll have to tell me all about it. Rogue Runners, an actual play audio drama made during the pandemic, all while maintaining proper social distancing. And I'll follow at a six-foot distance. How about a five-foot distance for D&D purposes? Sure. (laughs) Okay. Ah!